4. I want to really jump into this today real quick. I want to touch base on this today. But first of all, I want to lay down some groundwork. I'm going to be talking about the spiritual, the four spiritual uh, stages of spiritual development. But first of all, I want you to know who you are in Christ. There's a lot of us that, that have said, you know what, we look at the Word of God, we see, you know, we're supposed to be a servant. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands. I kind of caught the congregation on a, I think it was Wednesday night when we talked about this, but I said, you know what, are you a servant or are you a son? And we're going to look at this because I want you to be very clear on who you are. Being a servant is a function. Say, it's a function. It's a function. It's what you do, but God is defining who you are. What is your identity? Who are you in Christ? Am I a slave? Am I just a worm that's on the ground? Am I, you know, am I an old thing that, that is just, you know, barely getting by? Or am I, you know, what God calls us as a son? So I want you to turn with me to Galatians. And I want us to begin to look at this. Galatians chapter 4. I want us to look at verses 1 through 7. Let me just read this to you. And you can follow along with me. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, Nepios, differeth nothing from a servant. This is a King James Version. Though he be Lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. Even so, when we were children, that's Nepios. We taught about the Nepios stage last week. We were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time has come... God sent forth his son, his weos son, meaning more mature, I'll get into that in just a minute, made of a woman under the law, verse 5, says to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, weos, God has sent forth his spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, wherefore thou art no more a servant, are you with me, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. You are no longer a servant, you are a son. Turn your neighbor and say, you're a son. You know, somebody told me one time, said, you know what a son of a gun is, don't you? A pistol. Gun, son of a gun, pistol, you'll get it. You're a son. We're no longer servants, but we're a son. And when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you to understand what happens inside of you. Your spirit is renewed, it's regenerated, it's recreated, and you are not a servant, but you are a son, although you do serve. (laughs) See, because I don't want the enemy to go, see, you don't have to do nothing. You just sit down and listen, and everything will be all right. You come in, just be fed, get all fat, you know what I mean, and then go out, and you're just full of the Word and everything else, and you don't have to serve. You don't have to do anything with that. That's not what God is saying. The servanthood should be the fruits of being a son. Let me say that again. If an apple tree produces apple then that's the fruit of what the root produces. If you're a son, then it will produce fruit of servanthood. If you are a son, then you're called to serve. Yeah. 
when you are a son, then you're glad to serve. <laughs> you, you know, Jesus says we're called to serve. He's the greatest servant of all. Jesus serves you right now. The Bible says he's seated at the right hand of the Father, ever interceding on your behalf. He's praying for you. <laughs> what? You mean the Lord of lords and the King of kings is praying for me right now? Right now. He's interceding, praying for you. He's interceding on your behalf. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 says, For all are sons, weos of God, through faith in Christ Jesus. So we're sons. Let's take a look at these four stages real quick. I want us to look at these four stages. You're a son of God. You are a joint heir with Jesus. And I'm excited about being able to operate in sonship. Now, last week, we talked a little bit about being a son. And we talked about the first stage. And the first stage, remember what that was? Nepios or infant. Say infant. Remember, that was the, you know, I, we used, went to great illustration and brought my grandson up here, and, and he was the infant. He was the nepios, and I'm sure some of it, we can see a lot of ourselves in it. Now, as I lay these out, these four stages out, I want you to realize and understand that there are some areas in your life that you're probably a nepios. You're probably an infant. But then there's some areas in your life that you're going to be a paedion, which we're going to talk about today, or a technon, or even a weos. When he talks about Jesus Christ being the full, mature person, it is the weos. Okay? So the second stage, if you go from an infant, and, and this is an infant, would be, the second one would be paedion. Now, this would be someone like, hey, Shelly, this little girl right there. What's your name, sweetheart? Can you come on up here, sweetheart, with me a minute? How old are you? You're right. Come on right up here. You are it. How are you today? Can I get a hug? I like hugs. You can walk with me here just a minute. I, these people, they won't hurt you or nothing. They're just, they're just like looking at beautiful girls. Okay. This would be a paedion. Okay. This is someone that's six or seven years old in the natural, okay? There's certain things she can and cannot do, but she's not an infant. Are you with me? She's not like Josiah was as an infant, but yet she is beginning to grow up, and she's really beginning to mature, isn't she? She's really grown up. You no longer, you know, have a bottle or anything like that, right? No. You drink out of a cup, right? Glass? Yeah, because you're growing up, aren't you? And you're getting bigger. And you're going to get even bigger. Do you know that? You're going to grow up and you're going to be a wonderful young lady. You're going to be a woman of God. I see some great gifts and talents within you. And God's just wanting to unlock those gifts and talents as you seek him. And you're going to begin to break out of some areas in your life. There's other family members that have been trying to move forward. But you're going to be the one that's going to move forward. And as you move forward, they're going to see you do it. And they're going to say, hey, she can do that. I can do that. So you're going to be an example to some of those in your family. Did you know that? Now you do. Let's give her some praise. Amen? You can go be seated, sweetheart. Thank you. We go to great extents, you know, developing kids, growing them to six, seven years old, so we can have you an illustrated sermon. Amen? So this is a paedion, or paedion, or paedion, or whatever you want to say in the Greek. We begin to look at this, and that means a half-grown boy or girl. Now, the third one is the technon, and I'm not going to get into that today. 
But that is when you get into a teenage stage. When you're in the natural, you're a teenager. And then the last one, the fourth one, is weos. Say weos. When he talks about Jesus Christ, the Son of God, this is, uh, this is the Greek word that means son. And it means full, mature son. Okay? So, you know, you see, you'll, you'll see throughout the Scriptures when you look at the word son, we're going to point this out to you. We're going to have you look at it real quick. But today, how many of you do not have a handout? Did everybody get a handout? If you didn't get a handout, just raise your hand. I'm going to work the ushers here real quick and ask you to get the handouts. Do we have some still? Just hold your hand up. I want to make sure that you get the handout. Because I want you to look at this. I want to give you something to be able to take home because I think it's very important that we understand where we are as far as sonship. Okay? So the second thing that I want to talk with you about was, the first one is Nepios, the second one is Paedion. And I want to talk about this stage of spiritual maturity. It's the second stage. It means basically this. It means a childling. It means an infant. It means a half-grown boy or girl. Figuratively, an immature Christian. Now, these stages will overlap each other. These stages, you can, you can be a nepios in one stage and you can be a technon in something else in your life, in another area, and you can be a paedion in one area and you can be a weos in another area. And God's goal is always to get us to that full mature state. He's always wanting us to grow in maturity. He's always wanting us to move forward. So this means a half-grown boy or girl. It means an immature Christian. In the King James Version, it says a little young child or little child or young child. Now, this would be a a toddler to the teenage years spiritually. You look at it, 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 it's got a broad span there. And you might walk in this stage for two or three years. You might be in this stage for two or three years spiritually. Or listen, you might still be there right now. You might be there for 20 years. And the goal is to get you to begin to move forward. We want you to come out of where you're at and go on to maturity. Spiritually, you really can't define this, uh, this stage in years. You can't go put your finger on this thing and say, look, you're a paedion, you know, but, but, but you can see some things in the natural. So although when she was up here six, seven years old, she may naturally look like a paedion, but if she's a new believer, she's a nepios in spirit. Are you with me? There might be a new believer at 40 years old that comes to give their life to Christ. They might be 40 years old. They are not an elder. They are a nepios. Are you with me? Because they are learning the things of God. Now, they might grow into and mature and go through the different stages to become an elder in the church. Okay? Some people call the stage that we go through in the natural the terrible twos. Anybody said that over your children? Maybe you need to be people of faith and let's change that and call them the terrific twos. Okay? We need to start speaking to them and say, you know, what, what are they in? They're in the terrific twos. And they're like, what? They are terrifically into everything. They are growing and learning and expanding. They are just very terrific kids. Amen? Now, this stage, when it's in the natural, a person begins to discover their will. <laughs> and when they discover their will, then guess what? It's not too long that you discover that they've got a will also, isn't it? They want to do what they want to do. This stage is, is a paedianza. They begin to want their own way. I want it, and I want it now. <laughs> you know when your children get to that point, if you don't give it to them, 
They scream louder. They'll throw a fit in the middle of the grocery store. They'll throw a fit in the middle of, of a restaurant. Come on, somebody. And they'll just try to make you give them what they want. They'll kick. They'll fight. They'll bite. They'll do all sorts of things. They'll, you'll watch that little rebellious thing begin to come out of them. And you know what? It's the same spiritually. When someone's in this stage spiritually, they'll do the same things. They'll, they'll buck things, they'll fight things, they'll bite things. You know, they'll, they'll think they're grown up, but they're not grown up. In the natural, it's kind of a, I thought about an example of a, a child. You know, when you first get them and, and you've grown them up and they're not an infant any longer, they're learning how to put on their, their clothes. They're learning how to tie their shoe, you know. And then all of a sudden, you know, you go to help them with there and they're like, no, I can do it myself. I'll button it myself, thank you very much. I'll do that, and you're thinking, Ooh, who do you think you are? You're just growing on up there, aren't you? You're just, you know, you're that paedion. You're at that infant, you're past the infant level, and you're moving into a level where they're continually growing. In this stage, you know, that, um, many people say that from, from, the, from the ages of 2 to 6 or 2 to 7, that they have a tremendous amount of growth, and there's such a tremendous amount of growth that it may be there, that that's grow the most than their entire life, the rest of their entire life, that they begin to grow tremendously. You know, a lot of this paedeons, they don't want supervision. <laughs> there's sometimes, and it's not a bad thing as they go through this stage, but there's sometimes where you know they've got to be supervised. They're at a tremendous uh, curve, a learning curve. It's a tremendous time where they're wanting to learn, where they're wanting to grow, where they're beginning to start develop some things. Man, and they, they want to know how things work. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, Mommy, Mommy, how does this work? Mommy, what about this? Mommy, what about that? Mommy, what about that? That's 100,000 questions that are coming forth. How's that work? What's this do? Where's that go? What's this thing? What's this about? What is that? Who is this? What is this? They have all these different questions. You know what I'm talking about? They have all these different questions, but they're learning and they're growing. So let's, um, this stage is a very curious stage. So let's take a look at some scriptures, all right? First, you know, if you're in Matthew, just keep your finger there. Let's turn to Luke chapter 1. I want us to look at verse 80. Say Luke chapter 1, verse 80. Some people heard me. Say Luke chapter 1, verse 80. Let's look at this. Luke chapter 1, verse 80. This, this child that is being talked about here is John the Baptist. It says this, and the child, the Paedion, continued to grow and become strong in spirit, and he lived in the deserts until the day of his public appearance. When I first read this scripture a long time ago, I thought he lived in deserts. <laughs> till the day of his public appearance. So we can see in this scripture right here, John the Baptist was at a certain spiritual maturity. How many of you, let's just take a, a little uh, vote. How many of you would think that John the Baptist was very, very, very mature in his walk with God? Those of you that would say that, just raise your hand. Okay. We've got uh, six, eight, ten. How many of you say that he wasn't really developed spiritually? Anybody? How many of you just don't even want to answer this? Raise your hand. Okay. We've got a bunch of you that are abstaining from that. That's good. 
But this was John the Baptist. So we see that he was at a spiritual stage, and it was according to the Greek word, paedion, and he continued, I like this, he continued to grow and become strong in spirit. He continued to grow and become strong in what? In his spirit. So he was moving from one level to the other, and then it it says that he lived in the deserts, not deserts, until the day of his public appearance in Israel. So I believe there was a maturation process, a process of maturing John the Baptist, that when he came forth, same way with Jesus, there was a maturing process of Jesus. Are you with me? That at 12, he was in the synagogue, and we don't hear from him till 30, and then all of a sudden he is... God incarnate, amen? He is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, and things are beginning to happen. John the Baptist was the same way. There was a plan, there was a purpose for him on the earth, and I believe at this point he was beginning to grow, okay? Matthew 18, everybody turn to Matthew chapter 18. Did I tell you that earlier? Matthew chapter 18, I want to look at verses 1 through 6 as we begin to look at this. Because every time you see the word son, you're going to know it's one of these four words. Or it's a root of one of these four words. See, in the the English language, we just have the word son, S-O-N. We have another word, son, S-U-N. But when you look at the word S-O-N in the English language, it's really just one word. But in the Greek, there's four different words, meaning four different things. Are you with me? So we begin to look at these stages as we grow and mature because... This is a time for us to grow. This is a time for us to mature. It's time for us to begin to take one giant step in the Spirit. Amen? And really begin to come the pe- become the people that God wants us to be. Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 through 6. I'll try to slow down. I kind of <sighs> just try to take it a little slower. I was born in upstate New York. You know, we used to talk fast. You know, like, jeet. You know, what is that? And that was this, did you eat yet? Jeet yet? Huh? No, Jew. It was and not calling you a Jew. It was no. Did you? We used to talk like that, but you know, we moved down south, and they talk going on kind of slow down there. And then I moved to Oklahoma, and y'all got it all together. Great place to be. I love Oklahoma. Matthew chapter eighteen, verse one says, "At the time the disciples came to Jesus." And he said, then, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he called a child to himself. And he set him before them. I love this. I love how he uses this illustrated sermon. He brings this child up and he sets it before them. And he says, truly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become like children, paedion, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever then humbles himself as this child, Paedion, he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever receives one such child, Paedion, in, the name, in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him to have a heavy millstone hung around his neck than to be, and be drowned in the depths of the sea. But Jesus is taking this child, this paedion, and is saying, you've got to become like one of them. You've got to become like one of them. 
I believe at this stage, according to Scripture, I'm going to show you here in just a minute, but I believe at this stage is when they can really begin to know the Father. Are you with me? There's a lot of people that as an infant, they'll bring a child, an infant, and say, I want them to be baptized. Well, being baptized without knowing Christ is just getting wet. Come on. And I believe at this stage, this stage, if you've got a child, my son was six years old, I believe, when he was, gave his life to Christ and was baptized by water. At, at this time, he was in church. He was hearing about Jesus. He was learning about Jesus. I believe he moved from an infant to a paedion and his spirit began to grow. Come on, stay with me. Are you with me? It began to grow and he began to say, uh... Well, I need to know about this Jesus. I don't want to go to hell. I, what do I need to do? And we talk to him about it. Are you with me? I believe this is a time, this is a stage where they can begin to know the Father. We've had some people say, well, you know, they're six years old. They don't know any better. Well, who are you? Their judge? What do you mean they don't know any better? I've had people say, well, you know, he couldn't give his life to Christ. He's only six. I said, well, won't you go talk to him, see if he's doing what he, what, if he knows what he's doing. But I believe at this stage, this is where we're at. Let me just show you another scripture. 1 John chapter 2, and this is where I want us to look at this because I try to, you know, back everything up with the Word of God and try to, try to be really poignant on what we're doing with this. If they come to know Christ is at this stage, I believe that it's a time where they can know the Father. And I back it up with this. 1 John chapter 2 verse 13 says, I have written to you, children, that word is paideon, because you know the Father. Huh. You know the Father. So at this stage, they can be still be very easily deceived. At this stage, they're susceptible to false doctrine. At this stage, they really can probably believe anything. At this stage, they might run wild. I'm talking about natural and even spiritual. Are you with me? So it's a great learning stage. And you know what I know? At this stage, they can know good and evil. (laughs) At this stage, they can understand good and evil. They can get to that point where they grow. Are they responsible at this stage? Do you give them responsibilities at this stage? Sure. You've got to give people responsibilities, kids responsibilities. They can take out the trash. They can help do the dishes. They can help clean. Are you with me? They can help you with the laundry. Come on, somebody. They can help you with these things. They learn how to serve. They learn that, that to be obedient. They learn how to work. How many of you know China, China uses a lot of child labor? They learn how to work. They, they can grow. Now, in the natural, we know that we can do these things. And if you don't start teaching them responsibility in the natural, they're really going to be in trouble when they get to the next level. Hello? They're really going to be in trouble when they get to be a technon, which is a teenage type of person. If they don't have any skills, they haven't been taught anything that they're beginning to learn, they they need to have responsibility. Do we give them responsibility? Sure. Do you give them authority? No. (laughs) No. This young lady, there is no way that at this stage that you can turn around and you can give them authority. You don't want to give them the keys to the car and say, take it for a spin. Do you? 
But a lot of times we do that. A lot of times we, because we need help, we need people, we will, as a ministry, we will put somebody that is a paedion in certain areas into a ministry and they fall. Are you with me? I'm just, I'm just sharing my heart with you. I'm just sharing you that a lot of times that's what we do because a lot of times people stay at this stage and we don't want them to stay at this stage. We don't give the paedeons the checkbook and balance it and say, here you go, figure out whether or not I owe, I owe anything this month to the bank. We don't throw them the keys to the car. We don't say, go for a spin, take it for a drive. We don't, we don't give them responsibilities that they can't handle. But here are some of the characteristics. Let me give you some of the characteristics. And I think this is on your handout. Here's some of the characteristics of a paedion. Let's look at them. Let's talk about them. Can we talk about them for a little bit? Let's see. Let's look at a paedion stage. First of all, number one, paedions throw tantrums when other people deny them. They throw a tantrum. I know that nobody in here has ever thrown a tantrum. So I'm just talking about other people. I've thrown tantrums and it doesn't look good on a 47-year-old man. It doesn't look good on a 7-year-old child, let alone a 47-year-old man. Come on, somebody. We throw tantrums. That's what paedeons do. Number two, they have hidden, that word is lifestyles and secret sin. They're born again. Their spirit is being renewed but they're not getting to the next level because they have hidden lifestyles and secret sins. They don't want them exposed, so they won't go to the next level. They don't want them cleaned up. They don't want, they just want to keep them hidden. Okay? That word is lifestyles that goes in there. Number three, they refuse discipline. Say discipline. I mean, that's a word that we really need to do a study on. They refuse discipline. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 23, I think, says, Rebuke, reproof, discipline is the way of life. We need to have discipline. We need to, we need to understand that. They not only have hidden lifestyles and secret sin, but a characteristic of a paedion, a, a, a child that is a small child, is that they don't have any discipline. They refuse discipline. Number four, we touched base on this. They want things their own way. <laughs> if you don't deal with it at this stage, it does get worse. They want things their own way. As we're growing and maturing spiritually, we want things. I want it the way I want it. I want to do praise and worship the way I want to do praise and worship. I want, I want to do things. Why don't I do? Why don't I preach? Well, I ought to be doing this. And you know what? I don't like those flowers. They're not real anyway. I think they look good. And I don't have to water them. Because you wouldn't take your day out and come up and water them. So we look at it and they want their own way. You can look at it in the natural and they want their own way. I want my way. I want my way. It's the same way in the spiritual, guys. It's the same way. God puts his finger on something and says, you know what? I want you to minister to that guy. I don't like that guy. I've never liked that guy. Well, you know, he's going to hell. I don't care. Let him go. 
Let's go. See, that's what I'm saying. You, you want your own way. He should, I don't want God, I'm not going to go minister to that guy. I don't like him. God says, you're supposed to love him. I don't love him. I don't even like him. Come on, are we real here or what? We're real. We're real church. We're not up here faking it. Those are real thoughts. Those are real feelings because you're a paedion. You may have moved from an infant stage, from a nepios, but you're beginning to mature and you're coming in to that paedion stage and God is wanting to move you into a technon stage. Are you with me? And then from that technon stage, he wants to move you into a weo stage so then he can say, hey, that guy's going to hell and you can say, God, I don't want him to go to hell. Jesus died for him. No, I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to minister to him. I'm going to be there. And if he rejects me, it doesn't matter because God, you've called me to it and I'm going to continue to sow into it life i'm going to pray for him and although he may reject me it's not going to matter i'm still going to move forward yeah. you with me see a paedion says no fine i'll quit i'll leave that's what a paedion does okay they want their own way they want their own way the next one because i don't have these memorized unpredictable behavior paedions can be up one minute and down the next and then the next time you see him, how's everything going? Everything's wonderful. And then the next day, you say, what's going on? Oh, and nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. I think I'll go eat some worms. I don't know what to do. I just don't know what to do. They're like down the next. And the next day, you call them and say, oh, it's wonderful. Everything's great, wonderful, good. You know, I was that way with ball games. When my team won, on Monday morning, buddy, I was right. And when my team lost, I was trying to slip in the back door at work on Monday morning because I knew they were going to give me a hard time. Come on, somebody. So we've got to be, you know, we've got to be level this thing out. Well, they won. Great, great. Praise God. They won. I'm glad they won. They go, well, they lost. Well, so what? I mean, there's always another game. (laughs) There's always another game. So I began to start beginning to mature. Spiritually, we begin to go to that next level. Spiritually, we move from a nepios to a technon. I mean, from to a paedion to a technon to a weos. Are you with me? My Greek is not that good. So I want us to understand and realize that they have unpredictable behavior. So when you begin to look at some of these things, you have to understand that, hey, that, you know, you don't know where they're at with them. Some days they like you. Some days they're talking bad about you. You can just look at them and go, hey, it's okay. They're a paedion. They're working through it. They're growing. They'll get over it. Are you with me? You might have to be the more mature one. Maybe you're a weos in that area or a technon in that area, and you need to help them work through it, okay? Okay, the next one. Some of them have bad attitudes. That word that goes in there is bad. Say a bad attitude. I don't want you to have a bad attitude. God doesn't want you to have a bad attitude. He wants you to have a positive attitude. Some paedions are, are, are have such a bad attitude that they're blinded to their own sin. They can sure point yours out. But they're blinded to their own. There was that one where we were talking about that scripture where the man said, you know, you got a speck of sawdust in your eye and you got a plank in yours. And I called him a two-by-four, you know. It's like, hey, that's a paedion. Sometimes you look at that and they, they don't want to be, they don't want to admit they've got sin in their life. And then they have to do something with it. Come on, somebody. They're blinded to their own sin and their own lies. Another one would be that paedians have only surface relationships. No friendships of depth. Let me just touch base on this. See, it takes truth to go deeper. If you're going to have relationships with other people to go deeper with other people, you're going to have to reach 
certain levels of truth and honesty and integrity. Are you with me? Come on. If Paideons just have surface relationships. Nothing really goes much deeper. Because if you're going to have a relationship with me, there's going to be some deep things we're going to talk about. There's going to be a deep relationship with God that we're going to talk about. There's going to be some things that I want you to hold me up to God's standards, and I'm going to hold you up to God's standards. Come on, somebody. We want to go deeper with people. We need uh, measures of honesty, full measures of honesty. I don't mean to hurt you, don't want to say anything to hurt you, but I want to be honest with you. When we're talking about issues and you're talking about issues, you need to be honest. You need to tell the truth, the Bible says, in love. We need to tell the truth in love, and that's what we need to realize. But some paideons, they just have surface relationships. Okay, real quick, another characteristic is they cannot accept responsibility for themselves. They can't accept responsibility for themselves. It's always somebody else's fault. It's always somebody else's fault. I I met with this person, and this person had been and married six times and divorced five times. And it was always somebody else's I'm like, well, don't you think you had any part in it? Oh, no. I wasn't judging them. I wasn't calling forth justice to be with them. I, I was loving them and saying, hey, you know what? You're just a paideon. You just don't understand. But there is, we'll get to it in a minute, there's a common denominator there. Okay? It's not always somebody else's fault. If somebody missed it, that was a good time to say amen. With no, uh, number nine, I don't know if I have them numbered up there, but one of the common denominators is the problem is themselves. You're the common denominator. I had a bad relationship with with sister so-and-so, and another bad relationship with sister so-and-so, and brother so-and-so don't like me, and this brother don't like me. You know why? You're probably the common denominator in all those things. But you're a paedion. Maybe they're a paedion. Maybe they're a nepios. And they, they, they haven't even learned to have any meat, let alone regular food. They're still on milk. And you're expecting things out of them that may not be there. Come on, somebody. They're the common denominator. Padeons make a mess, and they expect others to clean it up. <laughs> they make a mess. That word that goes in there is others. I began to start thinking about this when I was... Joel was little, and he would knock over a glass of milk. Anybody had a child that knocked over a glass of milk? It frustrates me when I see the parents go run and get a rag and clean it up for little Johnny. And that's probably you. What frustrates me is you're enabling that. Joel spilled this glass of milk. He looked at it and said, I spilled the milk. I said, it's okay. There's a rag in the bottom drawer. Go get it and clean it up. Why shouldn't they clean it up? They're old enough to, six or seven years. Surely they can clean up the milk that they spilled. Come on, somebody. But nepios, I mean, uh, paideons are that way. They make a mess, and they expect you to clean it up. They go over here and make a mess, and they expect you to clean it up. And they make a mess over here, and they expect you to clean it up. Now, we're in church. You love me? Yes, sir. 
So when, when you guys leave, clean up your mess because you're not a paideon. <laughs> and the ushers said, amen. Because <laughs> they're always picking up sheep droppings. Y'all are laughing because you know what I'm talking about. You know, you're over there going, Oh, God, you're such a wonderful God, and you throw it down on the floor. Or it just accidentally falls, and you say, Well, somebody else will get it. Who is that somebody else dude? Who's the somebody else dude? <laughs> but not you because you're not a Padeon, you're a Technon, you're going on to be a Wios, amen? So you're not going to make a mess and expect somebody else to clean it up. Okay, but that's what, that's what they do. They expect others to clean it up. Another one is a true measure of a Padeon is someone, listen, who can get free, but that word is, those two words is can't stay free. They get free, but they can't stay free. Oh, I'm free, I'm free, I'm good today. But all of a sudden, six months or a year later, they can't stay free. And you're thinking, what happened? Where were they at? What was going on in their life? Why, why didn't they do it? Because they were a paideon. They hadn't moved to the next level in spiritual maturity. They begin to stay there. See, there's two battles that takes place. One battle is to get free. Somebody say, get free. free. Turn to your neighbor and say, get free. That's one battle. That's a battle is to get free. And a lot of times, after we have this battle and we get free, we relax and forget that there's still another battle to stay free. Anybody been delivered of anything in this place? Say, I've been delivered. I've been delivered. You know, if that was you and you raised your hand and you said that, you know it is a battle to stay free. Oh, come on, somebody. There are spiritual forces pulling you back, trying to pull you back, trying to pull you back, trying to bring your mind back to where you were trying to take you back down into Lodabar, trying to take you back into Egypt. Think about the Israelites when they came out. All they could think about was, you know what? There's garlic and leeks and onions back there. But, Joe, you forgot about the 18 hours of labor and how they whipped your back and how you had to make bricks with no straw. Oh, yeah, I guess I did, but the food was good. That's, that's the truth. They didn't, they gotta, you got to stay free. Most of us have known many people who have broken free. But they've lost that second battle to stay free. Most of us know many people like that. Six to nine months down the road, they're right back where you thought they had broke out of. That's the paideon at work here. That's an immature Christian. They have the ability to break through. They have the ability to, to, to win battles. But they seldom stay there. They seldom sustain their breakthrough victory. They, they, they break through, they're there. And in fact, many Padeons, we, we can break through in an area, we can worship God, we can have a relationship with God, we can just say, oh God, you're so wonderful, and God will just move, and he'll show himself to you, he'll show himself real, and you're just right there, and then all of a sudden, you slip back. You slip back, and you think, oh man, I blew it. And then all what? Guess what? God comes around again and touches you, and you're right back in there. You're right back in the things of God. You're right back into this circle, and it's coming around and around, and then all of a sudden it's coming back around to the where you slip back out again. Do you know what I'm talking about? Some of y'all looking like me. I got two heads. Are you with me? 
Oh, I know it's not you. Well, we're talking about the Paideons, all right? But, but, but we, we have this battle. We have this fight to get free, but we can't seem to stay free. This is what, what was written. They have a capacity to be in the presence of God, and they can go there and enjoy and have a great experience with God. But over a period of time, it's not sustainable. Over a period of time, they, they fall back out of that cycle. They have great times of breakthrough, but then they lose their breakthrough. Things always slip. It's like a gear that, that breaks a sprocket or whatever, that, that all of a sudden it slips. They end up losing ground. They end up going back to, to where they were before. Do you know anybody like that? Maybe you're like that. Maybe others are like that. I don't know. But I, I think a lot of times people believe that that's the way Christianity is. And that's not the way Christianity is. Christianity needs to move forward. You need to be continually advancing. You need to be continually growing. You need to be continually moving forward. Grace is what that is. Is when you're there and then you fall back, there's the grace of God that brings you right back around again. Come on, somebody. You should be constantly growing in your relationship with God through practice and obedience. Practice. I practice? You practice the things of God? Absolutely. I sure do. I practice being nice when I don't have to be nice. Come on. Are you with me? You got to practice that. There's some things you got to... I'm telling you, when somebody's coming to, to, to talk to you, a boss man going to fire your tail, you better practice how you're going to react to him before he gets in there. Are you with me? I'll share this with you. Personal note, real quick. There was an issue that I got sideways with the company. We have... A business, High Summit Farms, we got sideways with the grower. We are a flea on the dog's back, is all I'm saying. is We're just the flea, they're the dog, right? Uh, there was some issues there. I was, felt I was right. We started to meet with this company president, vice president, whatever it was. And the Spirit of God told me to take a gift. And I went and found this gift... And I took it in there. And when we met, the first thing I did was I I had to apologize because pride came in. I was being stubborn. I could have been right. Whatever you want to call it, doesn't matter. I was being obedient to the Spirit of God. I took this gift in, Chris, and it changed our meeting. It shifted it. I don't know what was going to happen in that meeting, but it was not good for my part because I was the flea. (laughs) Are you with me? But when I took that gift in and I said, I need to apologize. I have not treated you with proper respect. I have not honored your position as being the president or vice president of this company. I've not honored your position even as a woman. I've held some things from my past. I've taken offense with other companies and I've taken it out on you and your company. And I need to apologize for that. And I also want to give you this gift. She didn't know what to say. She looked at it and I could see it. I could see it was like a bull. And then when all of a sudden when I gave her that gift, it was like, what do I do now? I heard in the spirit, well done, that good and faithful servant. 
And that meeting shifted. She even said, well, the things that I was going to do, I guess I'm not going to do now. (laughs) So praise the Lord for that. But you know what? I I had gotten to the point where maybe I was the Pieteon and I wanted my way in that area. Maybe I wasn't looking at the big picture. Maybe I, God was wanting to minister to her through me. And I believe he did that. But it was through submission and obedience. You can't always depend on other people to pray for you. Let me say that again. You can't always depend on other people to pray for you. I, I got to have pastor pray. I got to have pastor pray. They call you. Pastor's not home. Not at, not at home. I just got the answer machine. I tried his voicemail. I faxed him. I emailed him. I, I tried his cell phone. Are you with me? You're a paedion. There's times where you got to get to that next level and you got to say, okay, God, it's you and me. Because pastor's probably going to tell me to open up the scripture and read this or read that or meditate on this. See, when we get to the point where we become mature, doesn't mean you don't need other people, but you're not in a crisis state because we're operating in submission and obedience to the Word of God. That's why. That's why we teach in this church how to live and walk by the Spirit of God. That's why we teach how to receive a prophetic word from the Lord so you know it's from God and not a sort of some soulish realm. That's why we teach how to live in the Spirit, about the Spirit, how the Spirit operates. That's why we teach for you to grow up spiritually, how to climb your mountain of transformation, how to get to the next level. That's why we teach these different things. Man, we want to teach you how to become obedient. We want to teach you how to practice walking in truth by the Word of God. I mean, when we become obedient and we practice walking in the truth, by the word of God, then your actions will change. Hello, your actions will change. Where before you cussed the dude out, this time you said, okay. And the dude looks at you and goes, what happened? He usually comes along with all these four or five explicit things that, that just blow me away. But now he says, okay. And you walk away and you go, Holy Spirit, help me because I'm fixing to nail him down. Are you with me? That's because you're a Pieteon and God wants you to get to a Technon or get you to a Weos so you can be obedient to the Spirit of God. And then God says, you know what it is? There's a problem with his wife and you need to pray for his marriage. And all of a sudden, you turn to him and say, look, I I know you're having some difficulty with your marriage. And all of a sudden, a tear begins to come out of that eye. And you say, can I pray for you? And that person that just cussed you out is now letting you pray for them. And the spirit of humility begins to come upon them because you've stepped out of being a Pieteon into a Technon or into a Weos. And you said, I'm not going to get offended no matter what comes out of his mouth that comes against me. Because when he comes against me, he comes against my God. And I've got to be obedient to hear what... God wants me to do so I can break this thing in that man's life. Whoo, hallelujah. I think about these things and I think about how we need to be obedient to God. No matter what stage you're in, no matter what things you're going through, we have to learn discipline and we have to learn restraint. Freedom, I love freedom. I'm all about freedom. I like freedom. But Paul says the things that you can do or may not be good for you. You can be all free and everything, but there has to be restraint. I can eat whatever I want to do. I can pig out on that chocolate. Well, I'm telling you, it's not all good for you. 
I mean, after 15 bags, what's up? Then you're jumping on the treadmill wondering why you got to lose weight. Hello. 15 bags of chocolate's not good for you. Your blood pressure's high and all this other stuff is taking place. Your sugar level is bouncing all over the place. It might be your diet. But we're not what we are, but we're free. <laughs> we learn through our undercover classes that obedience is our actions and submission is our attitude. Write that down. Obedience is our actions. Obedience is our actions, and submission is your attitude. Obedience are your actions. Submission is your attitude. It's like the little boy that the mom said, sit down. He said, I'm not sitting down. She said, I said, sit down. Not sitting down. I said, sit down. Fine. And I'm standing up on the inside. (laughs) Submission is your attitude. He was obedient. He did it. Jesus has a parable that he talks about that. He talks about that in the parable. Where he had two sons and one that he, that he said, look, I, I want you to go to work in my field. And the son said, yeah, I'll go. And didn't go. And then he had another one where he said, I want you to go work in my field. And the son said, no, I'm not going. And went. Get a chance to read it. Jesus said this in Luke 9, 23. He said, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. The road to self-denial is a road to freedom. You deny yourself some things, you're going to have a whole lot more freedom. And the things that you think are important, the things when I, in areas, when I was a paedion, I thought were important, but when I got to a technon or a weos in that area, those weren't important. They really weren't important. The things that we have to deny ourselves of. We need to be getting to the point where we're concerned about other people. I love how, how, how the, the, the heart just overflows when we talked about doing things for Mission Native America, when we talked about helping other people. You guys responded like champs. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a champ. Turn to your other neighbor and say, you're a champ. I mean, tell two or three people around you, you're a champ. Tell them, you're a champ, you're a champ. You responded like champions. You said, you know what, it's about helping other people. It's not about my needs, but it, it's about helping other people. When you do that, the Holy Spirit will, will move on you and he will move in you because he loves that kind of attitude. I struggle at times, especially at times at Christmas when people want to take up an offering for Shelly and I. It's humbling. It's very humbling because God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And I struggle because whether it's pride or whatever it is you want to... I know I have to rely on other people. And you have to rely on other people also. And it's, I struggle sometimes receiving a gift. I'm much better at it now than I was nine years ago. Because I'm like, they don't need to give me nothing. We could use this to pay the church building. We could use this to buy curriculum for the teachers. We could use this for all these other things. Are you with me? But God's teaching me how to realize and understand that you people are giving people. And I've learned to receive. And Eric's had to, I mean, Eric, Shelly's had to pat me on the leg. It's like, just, just receive. Just receive. 
Because I've always been one to give. I've always wanted to give. I love giving away food. I love giving away things. I, I love giving away cars. I think with this ministry, it's giving away five different automobiles. You probably didn't know about that because we just don't have to tell you everything. If we did, you'll get all proud and your head will get three times too big. and You'd be going around thinking that we're, we're all that. We're not all that. We have a plan and a purpose and a destiny as this fellowship, as this body, as this group. And that's what we're going to fulfill. We're going to advance the kingdom of God in the earth. We're going to grow you spiritually. You're going to get to the point where you might have came in here as a nepios and you went through that difficult paedion stage, but you might be a technon right now and you're on your way to a weos. You might be a came in here at a paedion and say, you know what, I'm struggling with some things, but this brings some clarity on what I need to do. I know I'm no, I'm not going to stay there. I'm going to begin to move to the next level and you're on your way. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're on your way. You're on your way, man. You're on your way. If you'll stay obedient, if you'll stay faithful, if you'll stay hooked up, you're on your way. I put down here, I want to encourage you to get to the next level in your stage of maturity. Next level in your life, physically, the next level in your spiritual life. So I'm not going to just leave you there. So let me give you these five things. What are these five things? How do I just, how do I overcome? What do I do about being a a child, a paedion? Well, let's take a look at them real quick. Number one, just don't stay there the rest of your life. Don't stay there. Where you're at now is not where you're going to stay. You've got a purpose in your heart. I'm not staying here. I'm moving up. I'm going to grow. I'm going to move forward. I'm not going to move backwards. I'm going to break that cycle. I'm not slipping back into a nepios. I'm going to stay a paedion and move to a techna. Another thing is keep growing and maturing. I think I have this on your notes, do I? Well, then you guess you know what the next one is. Determine purpose in your heart that I'm going to the next level. That I'm climbing that mountain of transformation. That I'm going to get to that next level. How do I do that? How does that happen, Pastor? We talked about answering some questions on Wednesday nights. And how do I get to that next level? Read. Read the Word of God. I don't like to read. Well, guess what? It's not about what you like or you don't like. (laughs) There's a lot of things that I do that I don't like. Come on, somebody. There's employers that have to fire people. Do you think really people are all like Donald Trump and they just love it? No, that's not the way it is. There's people that stay in bondage, and do you think the people want to stay there? I don't believe they do. I believe they want to break out. You're going to have to study. You're going to have to study the Word of God. Read it. Let the Spirit of God speak to you. You're going to have to pray. Prayer is good. It's a four-letter word we should use in church. Pray. Pray. I got to pray just to make it through the day. Got to pray. You got to pray. How about this? Meditate on the Word of God. Some of you are meditating on how difficult things are bad with your wife and your family and all this other stuff. You're meditating on all the wrong things. You've got a bad attitude because it's what you're setting your mind on. You're meditating on what a terrible job you do at work because that's all you see is the bad stuff. You're, you're meditating on how difficult your life is instead of start seeing how wonderfully blessed you are. You are blessed. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're blessed. You're blessed, sister. You're blessed. You are wonderfully blessed. We've got to meditate on the Word of God. Meditate on the Word of God. 
God said, I'm the head and not the tail. Above only and not beneath. I'm blessed coming in and blessed going out. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the country. I'm blessed in my fields. Whether there's rain or not, I'm blessed. Amen? I know of areas where they didn't have the same crop output that they had before, but the cash was more. Come on, somebody. The revenue was still greater, although they didn't have the same output of crop, but the revenue was greater because the price was up. Woohoo! You know why? Because you're blessed. We've got to start meditating on the Word of God and see who He says we are. You are a son of God. You're a son. You're a joint heir with Jesus. <laughs> you got all the rights and privileges that Christ died for. You are a, a, a son of God. Whether you're a man or a woman, you're a son of God. Or, uh, the ladies, how about if I just call you daughters of God? Is that okay? But you know what I mean. The other thing is Romans 12 too. Don't be conformed to the things of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You got to renew your mind. You got to change your mind. You got to change your mind and how you think about yourself. You got to change your mind and see a plan and a purpose and a destiny. You got to change your mind and see a God kind of marriage. A marriage that's going to be strong. A marriage that you're not going to let anybody else in. A marriage that you're going to be faithful to each other. A marriage that you're going to be able to be, be paymasters in the kingdom of God. A marriage that you'll have fruitful kids and they will serve the Lord with all their heart. You're going to begin to start seeing those things and those things are going to begin to start happening. You've got to renew your mind and say, that was then, this is now. <laughs> that was the past, this is the future, amen? And I don't know about you, but I got a future because Jeremiah tells me, the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, not to harm you, but to give you hope and a future. Somebody say future. I got a future. Somebody say, I got a future. I mean, we got to let people know. If we want to change out there, we got to say, you know what? You got a future. Well, I don't know if I'm going to live to be 21. Well, if you keep doing that drugs and alcohol, you probably won't. But I want you to know that the best days are still ahead. Oh, you didn't hear me. The best days are still ahead. Where you are right now, the best days are still ahead. Bill, they're still ahead for you. Linda, they're still ahead for you. They are still ahead for you, Ray. They're still ahead for you, Tim. Owen, they're still ahead. Ronnie, they're still ahead. They are still ahead for you. Your best days are still ahead. Let's stand up and give the Lord some praise. Amen? Come on, give Him some praise. He is worth it. He is worth it. He is worthy. you got to move to the next level. I mean, that's what it's about.